All right, let's jump right into the message today. We're on our series called Inside Out Living. So let's get your Bibles out, uh, your sermon notes there in your worship guide, or you can go on your YouVersion Bible app and get the sermon notes on there as well. Let's open up our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4, Inside Out Living. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and I just want to break down some things today and help us understand something that I think is very important. I think God's wanting us to continue to learn about the value of growing in our relationship with God. So what I'm going to talk to, to you about today is growing in our freedom, growing in our understanding, growing in what Jesus made available to us when he died on the cross. There's things we have to grow in. I'm going to talk about three stages of our life. I'm going to talk about a natural stage somewhat. We talked about a lot last week. Natural stage is someone who's not born again. They're not a follower of Jesus. They've never asked Jesus to come into their life. So the Bible says that they are dead on the inside. Their inner man is dead in their trespasses and sins. But when we ask Jesus to come in, the the Spirit of God makes us alive in Christ so we can be born again. But we can be born again and we can still be what's called a carnal stage. And we'll talk about that more later today and as well as a spiritual stage. So all three of these stages are parts that we can experience or be a part of and and we want to learn what what that means and we identify ourselves and we want to identify areas of our lives where we may be experiencing a part of it and so we just want to talk about that today and see what it looks like because I believe God wants us to grow in our freedom as believers, as sons and daughters. He's wanting us to grow in our understanding and what it looks like. So if you've got your Bibles there, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Again, we want to learn to live inside out. We want to live internally driven, not externally reacting. We don't want to react to what's happening on the outside. We want to be internally motivated and making changes and decisions based on what's on the inside of us. Our our feelings don't control our identity. Our feelings don't control our identity. How we feel does not determine who we are. We don't have to feel great to be great. Too many times our identity and our, our, how we go about our life is controlled by our feelings. If I feel good, I'm going to act good. If I don't feel good, then I'm going to let everybody know about it. And God's saying, I don't want you to live outside in. I want you to live inside out. This will help all of us of all ages. I want to encourage teenagers and even even preteens and younger, if we will learn to live inside out, we will not be controlled by what other people are doing to us. If I could learn some of those principles when I was coming up through school, and it's hard because your outside circumstances and how people treat you, and you know how people that can love you one moment and the next day they're talking bad about you behind your back? They're posting things about you. They're Snapchatting things about you. That you thought these people were in your corner, and all of a sudden they're against you. What happened? If we're not careful and we live outside in, we will react according to what people do to us instead of reacting what's inside us on how we should treat other people. What God's wanting us to do is grow into a place of freedom. Freedom is when you don't control me. Freedom is what they do and what they say doesn't control you. That's freedom. That's liberation. 
That's like, I'm going to control my life from the inside out. In other words, what someone says or does to me is not going to control who I am. I'm going to let what God says about me control me. Now, is that easy? No. It's not easy. Because, you know, when they say something to you, you want to say something back. When they do something to you, the natural thing is to do something back. But I want you to know you've got supernatural available to you. And so you've got something greater on the inside than what's on the outside. So 2 Corinthians 4, let me just read through these scriptures before I just keep talking the rest of the time. It says here, therefore we do not lose, lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. It's just for a moment, but it's working for us. It's working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things. We don't focus. We don't pay attention to. We don't concentrate on the things that we can see. But we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that we can see, they're temporary. They're passing away. They're not going to last very long. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They're everlasting. I can bank on them. I can uh, concentrate on them and have a security. I added all of that. If you're looking on the screen, you're like, what? I added some words to that, but that's what I want us to understand. If we go back, we, we see that we have an inward man and an outward man. And again, we've talked about this for a few weeks, so I can't get you all the way up to speed of what we've been talking about, but I, wanna, I want you to understand that picture before we go any further. You have an inner you, a spirit you, the God part of you, and then you have an outer you. An outer you is your physical realm person, your five sense realm, your body, your mind, your, everything that you can see, smell, hear, taste, touch, that's your outer man. And then you also have an inner man, the God part. So what we're wanting to do is understand the value of each part and get them working together. So look what it says, the outward man is perishing, but our inward man is being renewed day by day, being renewed day by day. Being renewed. That word renewed means a process of making things new, producing new, new strength, new vigor, day by day. So what we see from this, if we read it just in the English language, we would think that it's saying that our inner man is being made new every day, but that's really not what it means. What it means is, is that our inward man is producing new every day. So in other words, God is touching my inward part, my spirit part, so now your inner you, your spirit part of you, becomes a resource for you to draw on, to use as available every part of your day, day by day, it becomes renewing your outer man. So here's what I'm saying. God touches you on the inside, and when we're born again, Here's the process. We got when you're born again, your spirit, your inner man, your inner being, when I say man, it's not male or female, it's your spirit. Your inner being is made new in Christ, made brand new. And everything that is available to us from God through Jesus is available to you from that point on in the spirit. Your inner man does not need to grow and get bigger. What happens is, Everything is available to you, but not everything is appropriated by you. So now we got to renew our mind so that my outer man can experience what my inner man has available. So here's what I'm saying. You have inside of you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now you have the resources of heaven at your disposal to live a better life on the earth. See, your outer man and your inner man were never designed to be opposites of one another or to compete against one another. 
they were created, and I'm, I'm trying to make this understandable, that my God created your spirit and he formed your body. And he put them together so that they'd work in partnership so that the kingdom of heaven would be at work for us on the earth. Here's what I mean. Look at Jesus. When Jesus came, he was the son of God, spirit part of him, son of man, outer man, physical part. His spirit and his body, his soul, all were working together. And he said, pray this way, Father, who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. So Jesus was our example of how our spirit, our inner man, and our outer man are supposed to partner together to see the things of heaven work for us on the earth. So now, the process is not in developing my inner man. My inner man has access to everything that God has. My process is teaching my outer man the superiority of my inner man. It's teaching my outer man what I have available in God. Because your outer man says, if I can't see it, smell it, taste it, touch it, or hear it, it ain't real. Your outer man is limited to natural resources. But I'm here to tell you, your inner being is only limited to God's resources. So the process is growing in God so that our Christianity is not just about coming to church. That is not supposed to be the zenith of your church existence. The epitome of your life as a Christian is not supposed to be, check, I attended church. That's not supposed to be the top notch. What it's supposed to be is we're supposed to learn how to partner with God so that our best us comes out and we experience heaven on earth. So following godly principles or following the Bible is not about just doing something so I'm more moral. It's doing something so you'll walk in the freedom of who God made you to be. So we got to grow in this because when you first get born again, your brain does not comprehend everything that's put in your heart. And we'll see what that looks like. So how do we, how do we grow in this? Let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because when I was talking about the inner man and the outer man, and I'm talking about our mind and the natural parts, sometimes people have thought that uh, the mind or the outer man is bad, the inner man is good. I don't want you to get that connotation. We need our outer man as well as we need our inner man. We just have to train our outer man of the superiority of the inner man. It doesn't mean what I see, smell, hear, taste, and touch is insignificant. It just means there's something superior to what I see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. And here, did I get everything in there? You know what I'm talking about, five senses. Because the Bible says the things that are seen are what? Temporary, temporal. But the things which are not seen are? Okay, so you just got to think practically. Is there a heaven? Is there a God? Is Jesus sitting on the throne? Is there something, is there a creator that created creation? Is there a designer that created our design? If there is, then where he is and what he is is more real than what he made. And if who he is is more real than what he made, I want to partner and be, have a relationship with him because he's more real than this body. 
This body is going to pass away, but there's something more real about God. And what I want us to grow into in our relationship with God, that we're not so limited to this natural world that we forget there's something bigger than this natural world. See, I got to do a funeral yesterday, and every time I do a funeral, I'm reminded about eternity. You know, you get in that moments, and you're like, wow, okay. Unless Jesus returns, that's going to be me in that box. So what's after that? What's after that? If I'm only living for now, what happens after that? There's something bigger, and that's what we're talking about. We're wanting to grow in our understanding of something bigger than what I feel. It doesn't mean what I feel is bad. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Are you, are you following along so far? I just feel like I'm just talking randomly. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Be transformed by renewing your what? Ah, your mind is not bad. Your mind is not evil. Our mind just has to be renewed to the reality of something that's greater than what I see in my sense realm. So the Bible says, I'm not transformed by ignoring my mind. I'm not transformed by pretending I don't have to use my mind. I'm transformed when I renew my mind to a greater reality than what I can understand. Whew. So this is, that's what I'm talking about. But this is a process. Hey, growing in God, can I encourage you with this? It's a process. What God have made available to you is not a process. Bam, Jesus died on the cross. He made it available to me 2,000 years ago. But how I understand and I grow in what he made available to me is a process. That's why in 2 Corinthians it says that your inner man is renewed day by day. Day by day, by day, by day. We said, God, give us this day our daily bread, day by day. What's that mean? It's a process. We, it's a cumulative effect. Here's a problem we get to in Christianity. We want everything now. I ran into this problem, and God started correcting me on it, is that I got into the bad habit of wanting everything to happen in a service. Like, I want every service to be the best service ever. And, it had, and I, want, I wanted it all to happen in the service. So all of my eggs were in each service basket. So now I wanted that service to be the best service ever. But the problem was, even if it was the best service ever, the next day I woke up, I was already thinking in seven days, we got to do it again. How many knows that Sunday comes around every seven days? <laughs> That's a lot of them in a year to expect it to be everything. So what happens as Christians, we undervalue the benefit of day by day. Never undervalue, undervalue a day in your life. God is building you towards something. In other words, it's a process. So now I understand the goal is not a great event. It's a day-by-day -day process where we change lives over time. So I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket. I'm realizing there's going to be another week next week. And another week after that, another week after that, as long as the Lord tarries. So we got to understand that value in our process. So what I want us to do is I, I want us to see how God wants us to grow. You found 1 Corinthians 3? All right, he wants us to grow. But when I say he wants us to grow, are you ready for this? you, you got to have, uh, uh, don't get uptight. 
Okay, don't, don't be uptight because I'm going to challenge you with something here today. You know, because uh, this is the, the thing that I think is important and what God told me is he said, Chad, I, I just need you to grow up. <laughs> you're, you're responding like I did. See, when someone tells you to grow up, that's never a way of saying you're awesome. You know, we never, we never take that as a compliment. If someone walks up to you and goes, hey, grow up, you never go, wow, I feel better about myself. You never think that. So when we say we need to grow up, we need to understand the context. It's not we need to grow up like we are awful. It's God challenging us in areas of our life we just need to grow. When did growing be a, become a negative thing? Growing is a good thing. Growing is a necessary thing. So we're going to do that this morning. So with as much love and affection and grace as you have in your, in your being this morning, would you look at your neighbor and just tell him to grow up? Just look at him, tell him to grow up. <laughs> now listen, don't take that outer man. Don't go outer man on me. Some of you have been waiting to say that too long. You enjoyed that too much. <laughs> Grow up, grow up. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, here's what it says. This is Paul writing to the church. So it'd be like him talking to us. Paul could be saying this to us. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Wait a minute, they're all believers. He's talking to the church. He said, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. Why are you still carnal? For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are, not, are you not carnal and behaving or walking around like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Now, there's a lot of things going on in this situation in the church. He's writing, again, this letter to the church. And what was happening is someone in the church was saying, well, I'm of Paul. I'm a disciple of Paul. And other people said, well, I'm a disciple of Apollos. And they were dividing themselves among their alliances. I know this doesn't happen in church nowadays, but it happened back then. <laughs> That they begin to segment themselves off based on who they were following and creating their own little divisions. And, and Paul said, listen, as long as you're doing that and dividing yourselves among yourselves, you got envy and strife. He says, you're carnal. You're behaving like mere men. So what we're going to talk about this morning is how we want to grow from being carnal in areas of our life into being spiritual. So now, when, when we use the word carnal... And we say, hey, you don't want to be carnal. It doesn't mean you are bad, broad brushstroke, okay? What I believe God's going to do is show us carnality in areas of our life so that we'll move from being carnal in that area, depending on our emotions and our feelings, to being spiritual, living inside out. You follow me? All right, so look what it says in verse 1. I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal. What's a spiritual person? Spiritual person, by definition, is one who's controlled or led by the Spirit of God. Or you could use the word divine nature. In other words, I'm not talking about perfect people. If it's talking about perfect people, I'm out. But he's talking about people that their heart is to be controlled and led by the Spirit of God. In other words, they ask God what he thinks before they just do everything, what they want to do. 
They're led by God. They're, they're trusting God. It doesn't mean, if you're spiritual, it doesn't mean you know everything you're supposed to do with your life. You just know where to go to find the answer. I'm not going to know everything I'm supposed to do, and I'm still going to be spiritual if I just keep asking God what he says. So now, that's spiritual, but what does carnal mean? Carnal is a word that means fleshy, or another way of describing is someone who's controlled or dominated by their natural nature, their emotions. I think the Amplified Version says it this way. It says, uh, someone who's men of the flesh and whom the carnal nature predominates, predominates. Now, you, you say, wait a minute. Now, are these people Christians? Now, look what it says in verse 1. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. These people are in Christ. So can I be a Christian and still be carnal in areas? Yes. What does that mean? That I can be saved and still have areas of my life where I let my emotions or my feelings or my natural nature run the show. And God is just challenging us to grow up, not to say you're an awful person, just to say in that area of your life, stop letting your emotions control you. Because when we let our emotions and our feelings control us, they will pull us around by the nose, what other people say about us, what other people do. We will be led all, we'll be saved, but man, we'll be miserable. We'll be going to heaven. And the problem is, too many times in the church, we're not taught that we need to grow up. We're taught that we get saved, boom, check, got my ticket, I'm on the way to heaven, now I just hang on until Jesus comes or until I die. But that's not enough. You got to grow. You got to grow. You got to get born again. You can be a babe in Christ, but you got to grow up. You got to grow, not because God's going to give you more. <laughs> He's made everything available to you, but you got to understand and get understanding on what He has made available to you. Do you understand what I mean by that? As I grow in my relationship with God, it doesn't mean God gives me more, it just means He peels back the curtain and shows me more of what I already have available to me. But if I don't understand that, and if I don't grow in that, I will live in a way less than God has for me to live because I don't know what's available. It'd be like you uh, being hungry at home. And you don't know there's certain food in the fridge or the cupboard. You don't know it's there, so you just sit around hungry. But the food's in the cupboard. All you had to do is go get it. And you're complaining, I'm so hungry! I'm so hungry. Oh, I wish I had some food. Starving. How many times your kids ever said they're starving? Like between meals, they're starving. I'm not talking about went for days. I'm talking about between meals, I'm starving. Didn't we just eat like two hours ago? Yes, I'm starving. Sometimes in our life, food's available for us. God's made something available for us. And we're not eating what he's made available, but we're complaining about not having what he's already made available. And that's what happens. So he, he said, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, I made everything available to you. And we're going to talk about that in specifics, but now i got to understand it. So he says, once you become babes in Christ, you're carnal if your outer nature is still controlling your behavior. So once we get born again, here's the process, you get saved now you get started. That's not the end, that's the beginning. Once you get born again, now we've got to grow in understanding 
and what my inner man has available to my outer man. So now I start retraining through my mind. I start training. I don't act that way anymore because God says there's a better way to live. So now I'm tapping into what the Bible says, and now I'm letting that affect me from the inside out. You start changing your behavior, start changing your motivation, start changing your desires. Remember we talked about last week how the desires that we fulfill will be the nature that we produce? You're going to have desires that aren't of God. You don't have to raise your hand. I know that's happening. You got desires that are not of God that's going to come to your mind. Your nature will be defined by what desires you fulfill. Just because you had a bad desire doesn't mean you're a bad person. That desire will only manifest when I engage it and I bring it to fulfillment or I act on it. So I want to change my nature. I got to change which desires I fulfill. And that's part of growing up. And let's see, how do we do that? Go to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. You can hold your finger there in 1 Corinthians. We're going to come back to it. 2 Peter chapter 1. You're like, Chad, how do I change my nature? Because remember, the goal of this message and the goal of this series is for us to grow up in our relationship with God. I don't want your zenith, your, your pinnacle of your Christian existence to be attending a church service. If your relationship with God is just based on once a week, I come to church, you're losing. You're losing. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as honest. You're, you're going backwards. What's going to happen in our relationship with God? We've got to grow in him. He wants a day-by-day relationship, not a Sunday-by-Sunday. And he doesn't want you just to hear things. He wants you to apply things. And he wants it to change your nature on the inside so that you become a different person on the outside. And I can't do that for you. You know how I said trials won't make you grow? Here's another thing that won't make you grow. My sermons. (gasps) <gasps> I know they're awesome, but my service, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, I, but here's what I mean by that. Okay, I'm just playing. Some of you are like, chill. You need to relax. Relax. <laughs> my sermon, anybody else's sermons alone will not make you grow. What makes you grow is when you take in the word And then you begin to apply it to your life and begin to make choices that I'm going to agree with what I heard. Everybody can hear, but not everybody's going to agree and apply. There's one thing to hear. It's a whole different thing to agree with it and apply it. I'm going to make changes in my life up in here. I'm going to make changes where you make those changes. You make your changes in your heart. Make those changes in your heart, and then it begins to show up on the outside. So look at how do we do that, how we change that desire. Look what 2 Peter says, verse 1, or sorry, chapter 1, verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. How many things? All things that pertain to what? All things that pertain to what? Life. It didn't say all things that pertain to church. It didn't say all things that pertain to Sundays says, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That's God, who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Notice what happens. Here's what we got to understand about a relationship with God. Everything that we need to live a good life is going to be found in more knowledge of God. The more you know about God, the better you're going to be at everything. I mean everything. I'm not talking about just Bible trivial pursuit. (laughs) We don't understand God so that I can be better just at church facts. You're going to be a better husband or a wife. The more you know about God, the better business owner you're going to be. You're going to run your business better the more you know about God. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with my business. Oh, absolutely, it has everything to do with your business because God has this everything to do about you. The best you, the best you as a person. When you know more about God, the more you know about the inner you. And you want to know the inner you because it's the best part about you. So he can help you in strategies with your work. He can help you in strategies at school. He can help you with what you want to become, what you want to do as a career. The more you know him, the better you're going to be at life. And this is what he's trying to tell us. Understanding the inner me helps me deal with the outer me. So he says that's how we're going to change our nature, by applying his precious promises. See, living in obedience, when I say life, the better life, living in obedience to God's word is not a limitation. Living in obedience to God is not restrictive. Here's what religion tells you. Religion will tell you, you need to stop doing these things and you'll be a better person. And so then people hear this in church. Well, I can't do this, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. Why not? Why not? What did the enemy tell Adam and Eve? God told them not to do. See, God does still tell us no. He does still tell us not to do some things. But he does it for our life, not to be restrictive. He does it for our freedom. When God tells you no, he tells you no for freedom. He never tells you no to hold you back. He tells you no to set you free. But if we don't hear it like that, we'll hear it as, God, tell me no. Well, why not? Why can't I do that? I want to do that. Everybody else do it. I want to do it. And we think we're pursuing freedom. We're actually pursuing bondage, and we don't even realize it. So there's two ditches we can get in. See, we can get over here in the religious ditch, and we can be so restrictive, and everything's about no and negative. But here's the other ditch that I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the cool Christians. I'm concerned about the Christians that are wanting to be so cool that they've lost all their convictions. See, in our, in our desire to be relevant, I'm all about that. I, I want to be relevant. I want to be you know, talking where people are and living. But, but I don't want to lose my, I don't want to be so cool and so connected with the world that if someone made an accusation that I was a believer, there would be no evidence to convict me. If someone said, hey, they're a follower of Jesus. Would there be enough evidence to convict you? Or do you look like and act like everybody else so much that no one would know the difference? So I don't want to be so cool that I lose what God's told me to be on the inside. So we've got to watch those ditches, but this is how we grow. So carnal to spiritual. I'm back in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. How do you make that transformation? You say, Chad, how do we grow? And we're, 
how do we grow? Look, he says, he said, I fed you with milk and not solid food. I fed you with milk, not solid food. Now, what do we give babies? We give babies milk, right? So is milk bad? Milk is good, but milk is temporary. Do you have to chew milk? No. Guzzle it down, baby. You don't even have to have any teeth to drink milk. Take it back. But solid food, you have to chew. So here's what I'm saying. Man, I, I, got, I can say a lot, but I've only got time to say a little. You, for us to grow in our relationship with God, here's how we grow. We grow through the Bible. The more we know about the Bible, the more we'll know about God, and the more we'll know about ourselves. But I'm only going to grow if I get some food, words. He said, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. I fed you. How did he feed them? He fed them with words. How are you going to grow? You're going to grow by words. The word of God, the word, the preached word, the read word, you're going to grow by words. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He says, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. How are you going to grow? You're going to grow by understanding the word of God. Let me throw this out. You're not going to grow in your relationship with God. You ready? Because you want to. It's not just because you want to. You got to put something in you. You got to grow. And he says, solid food, solid food you need teeth for. I was one of them early eaters. I know it surprises you. But my mom was putting food in a blender when I was a little bitty baby. I needed some nourishment, man. I, I had some girth units. So I needed some extra food. So my mom was putting stuff in a blender. We, we skipped right, you know how they have number one, two on Netflix? I skipped right through that stuff, buddy. I ain't got time for none of that. Ain't nobody got time for number one. My mom, I want oatmeal now. What's that for? Cheeseburger put in a blender, start sticking in my mouth. That's what I want. But so if you're going to grow, you need food. I didn't have any problem growing because they kept putting food in my mouth. You're not going to grow in your relationship with God unless you put food in your mouth. And you got to have solid food. What's solid food? Solid food, you got to chew. So here's the thing. Okay. If you're going to grow out of your five cents realm, you ready for this? I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to land the plane right on this one. If you're going to grow out of your carnal nature, if you're going to grow past this and become a spiritual person, you're going to have to be able to chew on some word that your natural man will not comprehend. So sometimes you need something that's gonna challenge you. You need something that your brain's gonna go, no way, but your spirit says, hang on, you better chew that another couple times. You know, you try and swallow something without chewing it, you'll choke on it. There's some things that God's gonna speak to you that if you don't chew on it a while, you'll choke on it and you'll spit it out. 
There's some things God's going to speak. Come on, you got to hear what I'm saying. There's some things that are for your spirit man to hear and your outer man to not even be able to comprehend. But when he says it to me, I got to chew it in my spirit so I don't spit it out the first time I hear it. God's going to challenge you with something. What did we just sing about? A God of the, or he's, what is he? God unstoppable. He's a God, I don't know what the song is. Unstoppable God, that's what it is. He's a God of the impossible. But your outer man will want to spit out the impossible situation when it comes to you. You got to chew it. You got to chew it. You got to say, God, this is impossible to my mind, but I'm going to chew on it and you're going to show me how you can do it because you're the God of the impossible. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to grow out of being limited. I want to grow myself. I want to grow out of being limited to my feelings and my emotions. I I want to live inside out, not outside in. So that's God's desire for you. He wants you to be mature. He doesn't want you to be a babe in Christ. He doesn't want you still being led around by your nose, by your feelings and your emotions. He's saying, hey, folks, let's grow up. 